right, welcome to Trust the Journey. I'm Melanie Curtis. As you know from our foundational episodes with Jay and me, our mission is to live, laugh, love, and learn together with you. We're here to create conscious connections, to grow and contribute through our practice of openness, honesty, vulnerability, humility, and trust, trusting the entire journey. So today's episode is the third episode in our Conscious Connection series where I get to interview other radiant, amazing, beautiful beings in this big, amazing universe of ours. And those those people are creating, seeking, connecting and contributing in their own ways. And we're excited to share our platform with with all of them. So same, same as always, if you want to connect with us, go to trustthejourney.today. That's our website and our Instagram to connect with us and the expanded community of the Trust the Journey family. All you need to do is donate on Patreon. We welcome that. We appreciate everyone who donates and supports us in that way. It really does make the show possible. But even more so, it allows us to continue the conversation together in that private Facebook group. So you're welcome anytime. So, okay, family, thank you as always for being with us today. Uh, we welcome Joël Baron Prou. <laughs> I'm trying to use my French. <laughs> because Trust the Journey is meant to give our guests space to rest easy and share more freely. I'm going to share Joelle's bio in full so that everyone listening can get a sense for how much she's accomplished and also give us a solid jumping off point for our conversation. And then we don't necessarily have to do the bio in our actual interview. That will be already front and center for everyone here. Okay, Joelle Parent is an experiential storyteller and creator, self-disruptor, pollinator, and firm believer that it's time to matter. Joelle spent over 1,000 hours facing her fears through a series of self-directed experiences, which became her medicine. Shooting guns, begging on the street, giving free hugs to strangers, and an in, and intimate experiences like being tied up, enforcing boundaries, and forgiving herself have built her into a brave, wild, charismatic, and compassionate leader. Honoring experience as a teacher, she shares the simple yet profound wisdom arising when one challenges oneself into the unknown proactively, willingly. After a corporate career in sales and a successful transition out of her language services small business, Joelle is fully dedicated to fostering growth and transformation around her, around her through her Two Steps Out program. She is offering her greatest gift of presence wrapped in embodied storytelling, compassionate, genuine curiosity, and a witty sense of humor. Her mission to inspire people to matter to themselves, to others, and to the world. Whew, love that. In my experience, Joelle is absolutely all of these things. I, she is radiant. She's brave. She's beautiful. She is very generous with her sharing and connection. And someone also that I was lucky enough to meet at the Hatch Summit in 2019. Thank God. Love that. I am... Personally, just so grateful that our paths have crossed. And Joelle, I'm just so grateful to j welcome you to the Trust the Journey space. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you for being Thank here. Thank you so much. Yay. 
I love it. Well, how do you feel? I mean, how do you feel entering the trust the journey space? What's what's up for you right now? I'm feeling great. I'm feeling excited. Uh, since we started recording, I'm just really in touch with my body. My heart is beating fast. I'm sweating a bit. My face is shaking a little bit. And I'm like, yeah, that's the feeling you want. Just go through it. Just live it, embrace it and keep going. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> I know. Well, God, you have a ton of experience with that, that bodily experience. And it's a uh, and we'll obviously your bio, your bio talks about it a lot and we'll dive into your experiences with two steps out and all of that. But I, before we go there, I want to first hear about your younger years, you know, like what were you like as a kid or like, where, where have you come from? Like what, what's, tell us a little bit more about your roots, if you don't mind. Mm-hmm. I come from a loving family. Um, I don't, recall any big childhood childhood trauma yeah um my parents were loving and caring always giving us what we needed and as a kid I was um different I'd say (laughs) um I liked to connect with nature and, uh, you know, what I remember the most about my, my time in school is my yearning to connect mm. with others, with other kids. And I was, ah, I, I was, it's funny, that's what's coming up. So that's what yeah, I'm going to share. Of course. Yeah, that's, that's what uh, we do I here. Was <laughs> all, you know, wanting to be loved so much. And wanting to do everything for everyone so that I could be loved and accepted and wanting that kind of like deep friendship that I have now with amazing people, including you. And um, and I couldn't have that because we were too young. And I remember Mm. my mother telling me, Joelle, the kind of friendship you want, you're too young for that. Mm. You know, the little kids are not mature enough. Wow. And so I've been in a world where I was. Um, dubbing myself down Mm. to try to fit in, to try to get accepted. Mm -hmm. And that's what I've done through um, regular school, through high school. Uh, I was in the English uh, concentration uh, program where we were, we were, had, we had more English speaking classes than anything else. And somehow I was better than others. Mm-hmm. So I was like giving the answers to the test to all of my team members just <laughs> so to get accepted. Oh. <laughs> and French is your first language? French is my first language. Yeah. So that's quite funny. Uh, but some things that marked my, uh, my teenage years was uh, mountain biking mm. that I really liked. Uh, I was not really good at it. I suffered a lot trying to follow all the guys in my team while we were training. Uh, but I finished all of my races and I loved the just going out there with your bike and like everything's shaking and, and coming back home, like full of mud, full of blood, full of, um, uh, frog eggs in my socks. <laughs> <laughs> So you were drawn to experiences like immersive experiences 
at a young yeah. age, deep connecting at a young age is what I feel like yeah. I'm hearing. Yeah. 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 I wanted, I wanted that deep connection and I was seeking these experiences that would take me into this other world. Yeah. Well, yeah. That, I mean, that's honestly a perfect segue. I feel like to asking you about two steps out because I, I, I want to know first kind of what is it? Like, so that the people, that people listening can really understand what is two steps out and, and certainly whatever comes from that answer we can expand on, but also what is it and what was the motivation? Like, what was your inspiration or motivation to start it? Yeah, um, it started in a shamanic ceremony Mm -hmm. where I, I met my box, mm. the box in which I felt stuck. And back at that time, I had already left the corporate world. I had already started a business, a translation business, mm-hmm. which has never been a passion of mine. I don't even have a background in translation, mm-hmm. but I, I saw this window of opportunity. And then during that ceremony, the medicine showed me Hey girl, you're not really happy, huh? <laughs> hey girl, uh, just tapping you on the shoulder. Just, just look over here. <laughs> nice. <laughs> okay, we're listening, all ears. Like, okay, what's up? <laughs> so look at you, you know, you're, you're, you're left the corporate world. Yes. But you're like behind a computer all day working from home at the same place at the same spot. And you're still, you know, the box is made of like what I think people think of me. So I'm still super insecure Mm -hmm. about what I look like, about what I sound like, about, you know, what people think of me. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I'm, I'm stuck in like the coping mechanisms that I've developed since I was a child. You know, I've been rejected a lot. I've been wanting a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the, the, the medicine showed me like, you know, outside of that box where you feel small, there's the entire universe. Mm. And in that entire universe, you can be whatever you want. Mm. You can be whoever you want. You can do whatever you want. Mm -hmm. And I freaked out. (laughs) (laughs) In what way? I I don't know what I want. (laughs) I don't know what I want. Okay, got it. So it was almost like the, the, there's too much possibility. They, They say something like if you have more than seven things to pick from, you get overwhelmed. So they've done yeah. studies on this about how many options humans can actually manage in their brain when it comes to decision making and feeling good about it. So it certainly under, is understandable if the entire universe was possible, you would become overwhelmed. <laughs> yeah, I, I became, I became, and I was really ugly. All of that happened while I was in the bathroom downstairs. And for some reason, I just couldn't leave the bathroom. I was like, you know, my pants down, my helper with me at some point, like my helper caught on fire because her skirt got stuck in it, like in the candle. Oh. <laughs> it was just like, it was a real mess. It oh was a God. real mess. And I got so scared. They say, and the, I got, the, so, oh, they say the bathroom vortex. <laughs> yeah. When you're yeah in oh man, that was like, I got, I got stuck in the bathroom vortex <laughs> for sure. <laughs> so, so God, sorry, go on. And, um, and yeah, I got super scared of the unknown 
and what do I want? Who do I want to be? I don't know. I don't know. And it's just like, it's just like it kept running in my head. Mm. I don't know. I don't know. And I'm so scared. I'm so scared. Poor mm. me, poor victim of right. me. I was so scared. And uh, yeah, it took a while to for them to get me out of the bathroom. Yeah, they had to. Um, uh, they had to uh, to make me promises, <laughs> yeah. and uh, and at some point I ended up going going out of the bathroom and just I remember sitting on my sitter's lap, crying and crying and crying and crying and and there was just so much there, mm-hmm. and that event um, was like one of the most difficult things I've gone through, mm. and it's just the beginning, right? Yeah. <laughs> and so after a ceremony. I, it took me a few months to kind of like get back from that, that hard experience. And I had this idea and thought that came through me, but I'm like, yeah, no, I'm not ready to do that. Mm. And so the next year that thought came again, Mm. one year later, and it was, okay, Joe, you, you know, you've started other projects than your business. You've never followed through. You don't really know what you like. You don't really know what you want. And when you're, um, for me, you know, when I don't know what to do, there's like, when you're scared and you don't know what to do, there's a fight, flight or freeze. Yeah. I, I'm freeze. Mm, got it. So I sit on the couch. I watch and the And you walls, don't do I anything. Yeah. Go, yeah you just sit there. You don't do anything. You just ruminate. You're in your head thinking about yeah. it, thinking about it or avoiding it. Yeah. Got yeah, it. Yeah. Distracting myself, mm-hmm. wasting time, finding a sh- new shiny object to yeah, give yeah. attention Something to. Something that's easier, more comfortable to give your attention to. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and then that idea came again. And I couldn't fight it. And the idea was like, okay, girl, like, you got to do something, you want to change your life. You want to attract amazing people in your life, you want to attract amazing opportunities in your life. Yes, you can think that you're not meant for a big life. But I was I think I was 35. Then, Mm -hmm. like, you know, you still have a lot of years to live. If you think your life is over, it's going to be over for a very, very, very long time. So maybe it's time you try to change things a little bit. Yeah. And then I thought, okay, well, I don't know. So what I'll do is every week, I'll do one new experience, one experience outside of my comfort zone, no matter what it is, I'll try something new. Mm -hmm. And I know that that will bring me off the couch, first of all. Yeah. That will bring me to meet new people. That will bring me to live new experiences in my body. And when you live new experiences, you feel different things. When you feel different things, you get unstuck from the rut in yeah. which you, you, you know, you vortex. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I set up just to do that. So um, first week I took a class. Uh, to learn to code Python, because I thought I wanted to take a class about deep learning. And I realized deep learning was about AI. Mm. And so I started this programming class, uh, which I didn't finish, but just enough to like, kind of like dip the the, the, the nail of the toe <laughs> in the water right. of like, oh my gosh, there's an entire universe out there that I don't know about. Yeah. And all these guys that are going down, I live in old Montreal, there's a lot of tech startups there. So all these guys that like, roll with their skateboards in the morning and you know in their head there's like in there's a whole world Mm. that I don't know Mm -hmm. and I was like oh wow okay what else is it that I don't know and I just started doing more experiences I called an old uh, guy I went to school with uh, many years ago he was in the army and I said hey I think you told me one day you could teach me to shoot guns let's do it 
Amazing. So you you didn't just like Google it. You thought of other like people in your network that where you were like, this is something that was an idea. And I just let me just ask about it. He can always say no or but I want to try to do this thing that I've never done because I believe in what having this experience is going to potentially deliver me. Is that right? Exactly. Exactly. Having no idea what the experience is going to teach me, but knowing that if I choose something and I go for it, the experience will teach its wisdom to me. Yeah. Whatever it is. Yeah. So it's not about the specificity. It's about the experience, period. Yeah. Beautiful. And it's about opening up with, you know, the, the, the eyes of the beginner mm-hmm. to the, I don't know what I'm doing, mm-hmm. but I'm like fully here, <sighs> fully present, feeling everything <sighs> and see what that brings in me. Oh my God. That hits me in the chest in a good way. The eyes of the beginner and being there fully. <sighs> and you mentioned like earlier being feeling the fear of the unknown and I'm like because because my next question is like okay you're and I want to hear more about specific experiences that you've done and stuff like that but but you know what just before we finish I'll just like summarize what two steps out is about because I kind of talked about how we how I started yeah go go but but really so after you know um I, I did not even know it was two steps out, right? Yeah. And at some point, like I'm like, oh wow, I'm, I must find a, a name for, for this project. And um, and two steps out is really about finding experiences outside of your comfort zone to challenge yourself, to change and grow, but also to gain that innate wisdom that comes to you when you open yourself to different experiences. And it's a way to um, to face your fears, but sometimes, you know, like the big, big, big fears, like jumping off a plane for some people. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Might not be something we're ready to do yet. <laughs> and so, and so you can approach those fears like a sailboat. Yeah. Right. Instead of like taking them uh, on uh, front, you can go sideways and face different kinds of fears that may be or maybe not related to your big fear. Because what you're doing is you're practicing. Uh, you're putting a safe container around you and you're practicing facing your fears and getting into that space of vulnerability in a safe space. Yeah. How did you do that the, with the safe container? Because that speaks, I mean, that speaks volumes, this idea of, you know, tacking, going at fears, you know, going sideways, but like not feeling like the only way to grow and to get the wisdom from experience like you're talking about is to, oh, I've had this experience or I've had this idea of this is something I need to do or face my fear, but maybe it's too big. Maybe it's too big and we need to grow in our in our skill set of managing that physiological response, that emotional response like that. I'm I'm fascinated to hear about like what you have gained and and some more specific experiences that you've had and what you've gotten from those. So definitely we want to go there. But before we do you mentioned creating a safe container and maybe this is an, an answer you can share inside of a that other question 
But I'm like, how do you do that? You know what I mean? Like, how do you create your a, a quote unquote safe container for yourself to do these things? Like, what does that mean? Because like, I imagine people are listening being like, that sounds pretty awesome. This idea that I can do more things, have more life experiences, extract wisdom, but also overcome fear, like whatever that might look like or feel like for a person. So I'm like the notion of being able to create a safe container sounds like a skill set that's necessary in order to be able to do that. So I want to hear you speak to that. Yes. Um, you don't want to put yourself in harm's way and you don't want to um, awaken old trauma. That is not the point. So you want to make sure that you steer away from anything that could be a traumatic experience for mm -hmm. yourself. Um, safe container is about if you do the experience with someone, who do you engage with? Are they someone you can trust? Mm -hmm. Are they someone who are going to have your back? Mm -hmm. um, knowing when the experience starts, when it stops, where it starts, where it stops. Do I have a way back out? Mm, yeah. Can I stop anytime I want if I'm just like really not feeling for it? And what is what does my environment look like? So for instance, when I went, um, we might talk about this one later, but I went to give free hugs on the street. Mm -hmm. um, I went, I didn't go to uh, um, square uh, in New York City uh, I can't remember Central Square or whatever you call it <laughs> Times Square like, Times Square <laughs> <laughs> that would have been like very very scary thing to do because right. there's so many people from so many backgrounds I went I went to Burlington Vermont nice on Church Street which is a pedestrian street which you know on a Saturday night families walking there so you know I am putting all chances on my side that people will be receptive and that I won't be uh, uh, attacked or anything mm -hmm. and I had a friend with me a man super nice uh, but you don't want to mess with them. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and we had a dog with us as well. Got it. And so while I was standing on the corner of the street with my light sticks and my balloons and my pink T-shirt saying free hugs. Were you blindfolded or not? I was not blindfolded. Okay, got it. I was not. I could. Yeah, I could see what was going on. I could speak to people. Yeah. yeah. But I didn't have to watch my back. Mm. Right. Because my friend who was filming me was making sure that if anything happened, like at some point, a um, crazy um, person came by and started talking about conspiracy theories and was a little bit aggressive, like my friend walked closer mm. to see if I was able to handle the situation. But if like something would have happened, he would have jumped and he would have helped me. Got it. So, you Beautiful. know, I created that safe container around myself. Very deliberate, very thoughtful about the specifics around the experience that you're taking on. I love that. Go on. Another way to create a safe container is to actually go to a place that is a safe container. Mm. So a lot of experiences I've done around judgment. Uh, the fear of being judged. Mm. So playing with my voice, ecstatic dancing, mm -hmm. uh, workshops on singing, workshops on contemporary dances. I went to these specific workshops, not because I wanted to learn to dance or because I wanted to learn to sing, but it was because 
that's why you're there for. Mm -hmm. So people, the, uh, the host expect you to be playing around with your voice. They encourage you to do it. They embrace it. Mm -hmm. And so I can, (laughs) I can can try all of these sounds, um, knowing that I'm, that nobody's judging me. Mm, Yeah. And so that is a very easy way to create that safe container about, uh, things that we feel insecure about, like, you know, the fear of being judged. Beautiful. Wow. Oh, so cool. What's one of the experiences that you've had that you would say was, mm, I don't know the most, but like, what's a, what's a standout one? Cause you've had now, how many have you had? And out of them, like not the most, cause I'm sure they're apples to oranges, very difficult to compare, but maybe they are, I don't know. You have to tell us, but I'm curious, like what was a, a standout experience that you had and what did you get from it? Uh, there's two that come to mind, one that's very spectacular, I'll talk about later, but I think the one that's the closest to my heart um, was the embalming. Mm. So I wanted to um, create a relationship with that. Mm. Wow. I wanted to experience the physicality of death without being caught in the drama and the emotional turmoil of this is someone close to me. Right. And so I reached out to an embalmer and it took me months before he even accepted to take my call. Wow. Um, and, but I, I spoke to him on the phone and I explained what I was doing with two steps out. And he really understood that like all of this was coming from my heart. And I was not trying to show off or, or I, I just, I wanted to live that experience with all due respect yeah, and really honoring it. And so, uh, you know, the room is very, very cold <laughs> in the embalming room Wow! and the process of it is you, you cut the person open, you cut like the, um, the, the chest open in V and you, you take off that one layer of skin. And you find the, the main vein, you, you find the main artery and you basically you cut them and you plug uh, so that you can pump formaldehyde into the artery that goes into all the cells of the body. And then all the blood comes out at the other end from the vein. And um, the, the, the gruesomeness of this you know, it's like, it's very present and it doesn't smell very, very good either. Mm-hmm. Um, a dead corpse all open. But in order for the formaldehyde to reach all the cells of the body, including the fingers, which will be, which will be shown mm. during exposition, you, re- you have to massage the body. Wow. And so you have to take the arms and the hands, especially the hands and the finger and massage the body. So all the liquids go to the right places. Wow. And it like, what a beautiful experience to have, like, not only like just touching a body, but actually like massaging it. And like, you really, it's like, you can't avoid that physicality. You right. can't avoid that physical touch. And I realized that I was looking at how the embalmer was looking at that old lady. She was in the maybe 80 years old, old lady with 
super pretty with like her pink nails on her toes and her uh, fingers. And he was looking at her with like loving eyes, such loving eyes. And at that moment, I realized that he was, he loved his job and he was, him and I were the last persons to care for that deceased, to give her love to prepare her physically so that she could be exposed in front of their family. And that would be the start of their mourning process. Wow. Oh, that moves me. I have tears in my eyes. It's beautiful. Me too. I'm, I'm, I'm tearing up talking about it. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. I mean, I love this idea of with love and respect, you know, talk about vulnerable, you know, and meeting people in vulnerability, even after death, with that love and respect. And it also makes me think of, of, of real empathy of like, God, if we really are seeking deep connection, It's it's almost like the because like who would go who would understand what it's like to be a funeral director or an embalmer other than having that I didn't even know that happened that I've I literally had no idea that you needed to massage a, the a body the person's body to help the fluids get to where they need to go and that mattered. And now I feel, I imagine you have so much, you have such a different empathetic experience with people who do that work for people who do the work around death and at all. And oh my gosh, I I think this is such a beautiful thing to share, especially with our community. And I say our community because we have a lot of skydivers and base jumpers in our community. We've witnessed death in, and we've talked about it openly and at length on the, on the show and other episodes, but man, what I just, I don't know. I'm just moved by that so much that we can meet those moments that are really, really painful. And like you said, usually overcome with our own emotional states to that, that can be met with such love and respect and reverence. I just, anyway, I could go on and on. It's beautiful. You know, we're all going to die and there's death all around us. I mean, mm-hmm. there's a big war running on right now. Yeah. And in, even in your community, you are doing a very, very dangerous job. Mm-hmm. So death is something that we need to talk about. Death is something that we need to interact with. I mean, when I see dead animals on my walks, I just stop and I go and I look at them. I look at their bodies and it's just like, you know, it's a physical body. It's it's something I want to get closer to in any way that is possible. Um, it, we're all afraid of death. Yeah. It begs so the let's question. Make friends with it. Yeah. Yeah. Begs the question of why do we want to avoid that? Yeah. Because it's the big unknown. Yeah. Huge. So fascinating. I mean, a lot of people, I mean, we talk about ceremonial work and healing work with medicines and 
how that can sometimes help people release that fear of death as well. I have not yet had that experience personally. Maybe you have, but yeah, I mean, and that's something we talk a lot about here too, is our own spiritual journeys, you know, and I would be curious what, what is, what is something you could share with us about your own spiritual journey? Maybe this two steps out in your experiences in this, this particular story is a very good example of that. But do you have a spiritual, like, what is your spirit? You know what I mean? Like, it's sort of a weird question to ask. Like, you don't even know where people are with this, you know, like, what does it mean to you? And what is it that you do to keep your spiritual self healthy and evolving? What would you say to that? That's a big question. Is I'm it? still, yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm still figuring it out and I'm still trying to figure out. Um, I think what's most important to me is my connection with the universe. And I think I'm going to answer that question backwards. Yeah, do it. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, what I realize is that I'm the happiest, or I do my best work when I'm happy, and I'm the happiest when I play, and especially when I play with the universe. Mm. And for me, playing with the universe is really in everything that I do in life, in, in like the experiences that I choose and, and things that happen to me and, and the way I react to them and all of that, like that dance of energy is, is feeling that there is something greater than me that's there with me. And getting all of these, um, I call them the surprises. Uh, <laughs> the universe <laughs> winking. <all> <laughs> Yeah, those wings, right? Those synchronicities, those, those, those moments that like everything just happens at the same time. I go for my, my angel walks and I uh, do um, introspective work. And then, you know, I figure out something. I'm like, oh, wow. And I turn around and bang, right? Like at 12, 12 o'clock, there's like this big fireworks that bangs because I'm in the old <laughs> port and sometimes they do fireworks, like things like that. Like that's what I live for, for all of these moments where you're feeling so connected with the universe and all of these moments where you're feeling so connected with the people, the nature, the, the animals, where everything that's around you. And how I go about deepening that um i've done quite a bit of work with uh shamanic medicine mm -hmm. yeah we talk about I, plant medicines and yeah again disclaimer these are these stories are for informational purposes only we are not suggesting you do anything illegal or outside of a doctor's recommendations just know that that always applies to the sharing in this space that this is for informational purposes only Absolutely. Um, I've done, I do meditate. Mm -hmm. um, I've done, my first meditation was Vipassana about 15 years ago. Uh, talk about two steps out, the uh, precursor. Yeah. I was, uh, I never meditated in my life. And my first med minute of meditation ever 
was the first minute of a 10-day Vipassana retreat. (laughs) (laughs) Talk about (laughs) wanting to do something like extreme. That's why I'm like, Joelle is a perfect fit for the Trust the Journey family and our community. (laughs) Because you go go big and you really deep dive in whatever it is Mm -hmm. that you're doing. It's, It's amazing. Like it's really very cool. And and obviously there's so much wisdom we can gain from all the all of your stories, but I just want to acknowledge you for that because it's inspiring to see what you have done and what you are willing to do because it undeniably, at least for me, shows and leads by example and goes, oh my God, if she can do that, of I can do that. So like that's a amazing contribution to others. Like you talk about your mission to matter. It's like, what am I doing for myself, for others and for the world? That's something from where I sit. That's an absolute easy, easily identifiable contribution. So thank you for that. You're welcome. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And and going back to spirituality, um, I'm still trying to answer that question for myself. Yeah. Um, I think my work is about just deepening that connection, just deepening that connection with, you know, whatever we call God, the universe, primal source, mm-hmm. you know, it's... And that happens in many ways. That happens through meditation, through prayer, through dedication. But that happens also through um, being fully present, honest, open, and vulnerable with everything that comes through us and that comes to us. Yeah. What and is, yeah, keep going. It's about faith and believing. And those signs of the universe, you could see them as coincidences. Most, you know, a lot of people would see them as coincidences, but we have a choose on our, a choice on our beliefs. Yeah. So I choose to believe that all of these coincidences that happen are actually signs and messages and surprises from the universe mm. to tell me something. And sometimes it's just a high five, like, hey, you're in the right place. You know, you're doing exactly what you're supposed to be doing. Keep going, girl. Just a little pat on the back. And sometimes it's a it's a message. Sometimes it's an angel. Sometimes it's an ally. Sometimes it's, you know, my tribe gathering around me to help me accomplish my my mission or to help me put forward my my contribution. Yeah. So that's kind of how I see it in a nutshell. Very, very uh, simply. How I imagine some of the things that you did for two steps out or are doing for two steps out, I would guess is the universe, like the idea at all was something you got in your growth work and you didn't listen and then it came back and and you didn't listen and it came back and you, you finally were like, okay, I'm going to actually action this I'm going to decide I'm curious like how did you how do you decide what to do like how do you come up with the things that make it on the list for two step out two steps out experiences uh what's going on in my life right now 
So for instance, um, I think week three, I uh, was having a hard conversation about my boundaries mm -hmm. because uh, a friend who had been invading my boundaries a lot, even with warnings and with conversations, mm -hmm. uh, I think we've been like, on small talk for six months, going for coffee and do it, doing small talk. And you know me, I just yeah. can't handle small talk. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm like, okay. It's like every time, like my gut is like, okay, you gotta do, you gotta say it. You gotta say it. So he invited me over for supper. I'm like, okay, today's the day. And so, you know, because I know I need to do something out of my comfort zone every week, Instead of being, oh, this is my issue. This is my problem. I need to face it was like, okay, today I choose to do this. And it totally changes the perspective on the experience. Now I'm going to have the experience of stating clearly my boundaries and stating where they have been crossed. And I'm not going to back out and I'm not going to justify myself and I'm going to stand up for myself. So when I get to that restaurant when I get to that supper um it's not about okay I, I just I feel uncomfortable you know maybe I should talk about it maybe not like I've made that choice I've made yeah. the decision and it's not like it's more about the experience of standing up for my boundaries rather than addressing the issue and it addresses the issue at the same time so first of all what's going on in my life um second um availability and invitations yeah yeah um, I've done, and, and, uh, a lot of, uh, Facebook scrolling events for hours and hours and hours, like just scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. And every time that I'd see an event that could be interesting, I would open a tab, open a tab, open a tab. And then I'd look at all the other tabs and see how I feel. Like it was mm -hmm. gut feeling. Okay. So the gut feeling I was expecting was like, you know, like that kind of like, I don't like this. That sounds really uncomfortable, but at the same time, it calls me and attracts me. Why? You know that I remember I went to that intro Sh Shibari Kinbeku course, which is a um, Japanese bondage. It's yeah. a BDSM yeah. technique. Mm -hmm. And and when I opened that tab, there was like, oh, yeah, I mean, that. I, I worked in a fetish bar when I was younger, you know, I, I'm aware of that world. And it's like quite an intriguing and fascinating world. And I've had some really, really interesting interactions. But like now, now is that now? Now I'm going to that, that <laughs> course. Well, maybe next week, you know, or maybe, oh, I think they're giving the course in two weeks or maybe in two weeks. So when I see that, you know, when like my mind goes back to it and I find it, I, there's the attraction to it. But like, I want to procrastinate it. I know that that's the one. Got it. Oh, amazing. That is so useful. That is so actionable. Because I feel like everyone listening, I certainly can relate to that, where you have a resistance to something and also a simultaneous attraction to it, calling to it. So it's, it's like, oh, yeah. So getting good at identifying that feeling and like that mindfulness and that awareness of the feeling that feeling is one part of like if I talk about it in terms of skill that's one skill that we can get better at that doesn't even talk about doing it and what it takes to get out the door to sign up to da, da, da. like so I'm like what then comes so you're like okay I've identified this feeling that's the one then what do you do 
then what do you do? You just go for it. And sometimes going for it takes a lot of effort. Uh, when I went uh, begging on the street, for instance, you know, and that's one of the experience that uh, it was actually suggested by a friend. So I look at friends' suggestions as well. Like, hey, Joel, you should try either posing new, uh, new in a nude uh, photo, photo uh, as a nude model in a drawing class. <laughs> right. Or you could go begging on the street. I'm like, thank you, Jake, for the suggestions. Uh, <laughs> let me go home and see what I think about it. And I ended up going to beg on the street. And for me, I was, you know, it was a Sunday of April, very cold, very cloudy, like not a cool day to do anything. And I'm like, okay, today's the only day I can go and do something and, and talk about it and publish my video. I'm busy for the rest of the week. And I know that's like, and that's, a, I got that feeling, right? It's begging, it's begging. You have to listen to that little voice. Hmm. And we don't like to listen that, to that little voice because it, it's, it's scary, you know, it's uncomfortable. But when the voice is there and it's like, yeah, that's begging, it's begging, it's begging today. Like, ah, okay, okay. Well, I don't want to go. And I just like procrastinate and clean the dishes and do my bed and like all kinds of stuff. And at some point, like the little voice is like, okay, Joe, like you're going to do this today, right? So um, let's just take it step by step. If... Okay, let's give ourselves permission to, to relax. And if I was going to go back on the street, what would I do? Now, uh, I would get off the couch. I would get off the couch. Okay, great. You can always go back to the couch. You can always give yourself permission to go back to the couch. But then if you were going to go back, what would you do? Well, I would put on some pants. Right. Okay. I can go back to the couch. If I were going to... And so I make my way to the door... I got my hand on the doorknob, right? I can go back to the couch, but if I were going to go back, what would I do? I would open that door. And then I find myself on the other side of the door. The door is locked. So now going back on the couch, I still have permission to do it, but it's kind of like more effort, right? To go back to the couch than to go to the elevator. And then baby steps, baby steps, baby steps. And once I'm outside, it's a lot of effort to go back to the couch. I might as well just like go to the next corner of the street. Amazing. And, and so I made my way there. And the first car that I spoke to actually on the red light, like I, it was a gray Honda Civic plated in Ontario. And I remember I got my little styrofoam cup and I'm like, my heart's beating when I'm like, yeah, you can do this. So I go and I approach the car and the guy in the back rolls down his window. So I'm like, hey, um, hi, do you have a little bit of money for me, please? <laughs> and he's like, hey, you want some weed? Oh, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Did you accept? I'm like, yeah, sure. That or money or food or water, like anything will do. huh? Right. And uh, he reaches out and he gives me three baggies. And then I say thanks. And the light turns green. And then he takes off. And then like there I'm stuck. There's uh, it was not legal in Canada yet. OK, so <laughs> I've got seven grams of weed in my right hand. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> and I look at that and I'm like, oh, shoot. Wow. OK. I look left. I look right. OK, there's no police or anything. Like, am I in trouble? It doesn't it doesn't seem so. So I put the weed in my pockets and then I look up to the sky and I say, oh, man, you guys are funny. huh?" Oh, my gosh. 
that's the surprises I was talking about earlier. Uh, it's like every time, every time you make a conscious choice to get out of your comfort zone, to do that thing, that difficult thing willingly, just because you want to learn from the experience, just because you want to challenge yourself, just because you know that in the greater scheme of things, this will take you further on your journey. Yeah. Uh, Surprises happen. Oh, God, I love it so much. Is there anything, any advice that you would give other than the actionable advice you've already given to people who are listening that like really want to be better at facing their fears, at getting off the couch and doing the door handle and then walking to the elevator and then feeling the heart pounding like Is there anything else that you would say to people like to support them to be able to do it or any advice that you would give? I would say I would say start with something that's not relevant to your fear. Mm. Start with something that has nothing to do with it. There's no stakes. There's no skin in the game. There's no risk of being hurt. There's no risk of trauma. And also uh, it, it just, it expands your area of awareness for other things. Got it. So choose an experience that doesn't seem scary. It's just new. Yeah. Got it, it can seem scary, but if it's scary, it has nothing to do with the big fear that you're, tr- that you want to face. You know, Got it's it. like, in a, it goes in a totally different direction. Got it. Beautiful. Absolutely. So smart. Because what you want to do is you want to train yourself to willingly say that yes you know when there's that little hesitation and Mm -hmm. usually you'd be like oh no I don't know it's like the more you do of these experiences the more open you become and the more easy it becomes to say yes before you get a chance to say no and what happens is when you're creating something new different funny uh spectacular whatever it is you're not back there you're looking at your problems and looking at your fears and you're looking at your issues and so the more you're out there all these problems and issues and fears and vortexes of chaos and everything they um they become less important because you pay less attention to them and just that it kind of like unties a lot of the strings Mm. so when you go back to face that big fear when you're ready for it, it's already loosened up in so many ways. Oh, powerful. Oh, I love that. That sounds so appealing. I am personally have since the moment meeting you, I've always been like, oh, my God, that is the coolest thing I've ever heard. This idea of doing all these things. I was just having a conversation yesterday with a friend about this, about obviously I have deep experience. I've done deep work in certain lanes of life, right? I'm a professional skydiver and my entrepreneurial pursuits, life coaching and that type of stuff. There are certain lanes where I have done gone deep. And then there's another part of me. And this is where it's, it's easy for me to see it as me going deep. And I would be curious what you think of this, but having a multitude of experiences, having a calling to life experience, period, is almost that the deep work of 
experience of expanding oneself, of sort of growth and transformation, of facing fear and, and not being limited, right? So it doesn't, it's not that, oh, I've just done a little bit of hip hop dancing. You know what I mean? I haven't, I'm not, not good at it, but I've, I've certainly done it. And that is a, on the path. It's, it's those types of things where it's, I'm not clearly not deeply involved in hip hop and I'm not deeply involved in stand up comedy, you know, and I'm not deeply involved in whatever, even making my funny movies, which I've done for 15 years, but like very sporadically, you know what I mean? It's anyway, I'm sort of going off on this, but this notion that the deep work it by having a multitude of experiences, the deep work is in, uh, is in those other things of, my deep work is in what is it like to have a multitude of experiences and face fear and feel more masterful at that feeling and that, and that, I don't know, life creating. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. So for instance, that deep work in hip hop dancing, for instance, you know, I've done contemporary dancing, you've mm -hmm. done hip hop dancing, um, is, is how you approach it is the amount and the quality of awareness, of presence, of curiosity that you put into it. It's really about welcoming the wisdom to come through each experience. Mm. And so for, uh, I'll take your example of, of uh, hip hop dancing. If you go and you're fully aware and you see exactly why and where it makes you uncomfortable. Right exactly where and you know where it is oh okay I'm, I'm feeling seen oh I need to move my body in a weird way okay I don't like to move my body in a weird way but you know what I'm just gonna do it so all just that 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 is like so much practice uh, right yes oh there's this guy looking at me I find him so cute <laughs> But I just like tripped and fell and like, <laughs> I gotta be okay with that. And I'm blushing and like be present in that blushing and then that embarrassment and like stay there because that rewires your brain. Mm. So the multitude of experiences, it, it's all like new, it, it's, it's new neural pathways that you're forming and it's new, um, it, it's new options that you can go to when you happen to be in a more difficult experience or in like in something that comes up in real life yeah oh, love it so for instance I went uh one of the most spectacular things yeah, I've done I was like done there it. was a story that you were going to tell is this the one yeah, okay good, good 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 because I was gonna be like we didn't I don't know if we got back to that one so yeah tell us <laughs> so uh one friend challenged me to do a flash mob solo in a bar and it's, this is one of those uh, moments where I said yes before I had the chance to say no. Okay. <laughs> so like, yes. <laughs> and I wrote on like Facebook chat, yes, okay, let's do it. And then I'm like, ah, <laughs> really? <laughs> Why did I do that? So just say yes before no. And, um, and so we had prepared, I had my safe container. Right. Uh, we were in a high end bar in old Montreal, but it was not like a brawl. Um, my I had a friend with me and I had his friends, too. So one of them was filming. I had a few people who were like, you know, they knew what I was going to do. So they were present with me. They were supporting me. I was not alone in doing that. 
and um and the friend who challenged me to do it like was fully there as well and he had all dressed up like you know I knew I wasn't alone so I had my safe container and so I um I got into the bar and I just like distributed the lyrics sheet to everybody and without saying anything, because I really wanted to kind of like surprise them and generate curiosity. Yeah, love it. And uh, when I just get to start to to sing, uh, the manager comes in and he's like, hey, what are you guys doing here? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, nothing. We're just we we're just about to leave. Right. Oh, That's what no. I want to say. <laughs> but I know that I can't do that. And so the, my, the, the guy who's filming is like, oh, we're filming a video. And uh, he's like, oh, you can't do that. Like you're going to sing. You don't you're not allowed. Did you give per, receive permission for that? And like, I'm so, 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 so embarrassed. And the, my friend who's filming like, oh, she's a YouTuber. She's got like 12,000 followers. You know, <sighs> you gotta let her film. And then my friend who challenged me steps in and he's a IQ of like 180. I don't know. He's like super, super smart guy. Uh-huh. And he's like a sharp negotiator, hypnotist, NLP <laughs> Good teammate to have. Yeah, good teammate to have. (laughs) And that whole part is so blurry, I can't remember it. But he, for like four minutes, he's negotiating with the manager. Wow. And I am there and you can see me on the camera. I'm like, I'm standing up and all I want to do is like to melt under the ground. And... I'm right there. My friend is like, I'm in my safe container. My friend is taking care of stuff. All I need to do is to stand up, breathe, and be with the most uncomfortable feeling ever. And just be with it. And be with it. And like every second is a choice. Okay, man, I feel you. I feel you. I see you. I feel you. I feel you. And like you just breathe. And rest on the fact that my friend's handling the situation right now. Up until somehow the manager leaves and my friend's like, okay, do it. Like, what? Are you sure? Are you sure? Like, yeah, do it again. You know, not Uh, all the responsibilities on me. Are you sure? Are you sure? It's like, I'm kind of like asking permission. I'm kind of asking support. And it's like, yes, go now. Yeah. And I start. And people start clapping and some people like most, most of the audience is kind of unresponsive because there was a lag, you know, there was like five minutes. Sure. So it was not like everybody got up and I got a standing ovation or something like that. I don't care. I really don't care about how it ended. I Mm -hmm. care about the fact that for four minutes, (sighs) I stood there for myself wanting to disappear but being there I had a chance I had a way out I had a good reason not to do it but I did it anyways and that makes me a badass absolutely oh my god talk about power when we are able to be present to and witness of and partners with the most uncomfortable feelings that we could experience as humans, right? Like I'm imagining that was felt like humiliation or, I mean, you tell us, but like that sounds intense 
to be up, you're standing on the bar. Or I am not on the bar. I was in the bar. You're not in the, on bar. the bar. Okay. But in so, the but bar, standing and, up. And you've already caught everyone's attention. So everyone was already looking at you. And uh-huh. then there was that stop. Yeah. And then the manager comes in and then I have to fight Gosh. for what I don't want to do. Right. <laughs> right. Like talk about a mind, mind game. Oh, I love that. Challenging. You have to fight for what you don't want to do because you believe in what you will get from having the alternate experience. Yeah. That is humongous. Oh, I love that so much, girl. I feel like we need to share some two step, like a two steps out experience together. Obviously, we've gone and had our New York City adventures and hatch and stuff, but I would love to share. And this is just planting the seed, but us doing something together would be, I just feel like called to say that. So here we go there. At some point, we'll do something and share about it. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I'd love, and you know what? I'd love to get scared shit with you. <laughs> yes, yes. You're always welcome. Of course, obviously we can jump out of a plane anytime. Um, yeah, that too. I think I'm ready now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, okay. So this is so funny, that, but I've these are new in interviews, this whole Conscious Connection series. But, and I totally forgot to do this on the last episode. I interviewed my best friend, Shannon, on the last episode. And I totally forgot to do this. But there's a series of questions that I want to ask everyone. And it's sort of in alignment with our core mission. Like we will go through these where we're, it's meant to share around, you know, honesty, vulnerability, simple joy, love, learning, growing, stuff like that. Of course, obviously hilarity. Um, <laughs> but so, and maybe these don't have to be long stories. They can be, but what is something that's humbled you recently? Ah, wow. Um, I've been, uh, you know, I'm in the process of building a new business now and, um, I have trouble getting to align myself Mm -hmm. and to do things the way any good entrepreneur should and could and would do. And so I recently, uh, realized and had to accept that I'm attached to my old ways and Mm. my old patterns Mm. of laziness, of inertia, of freeze, of Uh. the whole reason why I got off the couch when I started two steps out. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, God damn it. You know, that's like... It's so funny, the sneakiness of our old patterns, they sneak in and they're like, hey, wait, I thought I addressed you. I thought you weren't there anymore. Totally, totally. The mirror can be so, so uncomfortable. And I appreciate you sharing that because even for someone as accomplished as you, you know, who has done so much to acknowledge that you still in a new phase of your growth, building your business and stuff like that, that, that you still come up against those feelings. It's, I feel like that's in service to people who are trying to do things versus having you on a pedestal, you know, but seeing you more as a human. And I feel like it makes everything that you have done that much more accessible. 
Yeah, absolutely. And if I, you know, if I may, um, I've been, honestly, I've been struggling a lot with that uh, over the past two, three months and a lot of guilt and shame and, and, you know, self-pity and victimization and beating myself and, and all of this. And, uh, and I understand that our deepest struggles, especially as entrepreneurs in the mind expanding and wellness world and growth, Mm -hmm. uh, we need to use our deepest struggles to help others, right? Because once you, once you go through that deep initiation, this is what you're really, really well equipped to help others with. Absolutely. And so I started talking about it. After two months of like not really wanting anyone to know that I was struggling with inertia, Mm -hmm. uh, at some point I started talking about it around me and everyone was like, oh my gosh, thank you so much for putting words on what I'm going through right now. Exactly. And I realize a lot of us, mm-hmm. especially after these two years of like being so comfortable in my very, very controlled environment and confinement and lockdown with the cat and with like everything I need. Yeah. Uh, it's like, it's hard. A lot of people are struggling knowing that they have this like deeper calling. They want to contribute. Yeah. Um, and they are successful at on many levels, but there's like there's this space where they're just so stuck and so lethargic and so inert and so scared of doing anything. So for everyone who's feeling like that, I got you. And you're not the only one, yeah. even like two steps out herself. Uh, yeah, like I know, that. I know. <laughs> I mean, me too. I've said it, I've said it too, like this notion of the inertia is such a powerful word it's if that's what it feels like is that the inertia of isolation the inertia of being in a comfort of of comfort you know so yeah I think that's I don't know at least it's certainly resonant for me but The next question is, what is something that you are loving right now or something that brings you simple joy? Um, The sunshine. Yeah. Yeah. I live, um, the place where I live has a nice, long balcony terrace that faces southeast. And so I get the sunrise Uh, from my bed (laughs) in the morning and I get the moonrise and I get to watch full moon and this morning it's bright and sunny and and it's just like feeling that sunshine on my skin and having my whole place like basking in sunshine that is honestly that helped so much keep keep me alive during the pandemic. Mm. And I deeply, deeply, deeply appreciate that privilege of living where I live and having access to that sunrise. Yeah. Oh, I don't know if you know this, but I wrote a long piece about my relationship with the sun. I'll send it to you if you want to read yeah, it. Please, please. <laughs> this, my, my longstanding relationship with the sun is the only tattoo that I have on my body is of the sun. But I love that. And I think, again, the question is meant to be like, okay, let's practice. Let's be in this practice of, yes, looking at places where we need to 
embrace humility and the mirror and then alternatively on the other another spoke of the wheel where is what is what are things we can look at and go and embrace and feel gratitude around for just their simple contribution and existence in our lives and the next thing we, I want to ask about is like, what's something you've learned recently, you know, or something that you want to learn? So if in the notion of growing and learning, what are you learning right now? Or what's something you want to learn? Oh, wow. That's a good question. Um, I'd say what I want to learn is, um, is uh, I think is is to be more solid professionally, mm-hmm. like professional solidity. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm in the. I'm 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 aligned to deeply learn, and I think that that will inform the way I build my next business. Mm-hmm. And it's you know like shattering again all these boxes that we have around us or that I have around me. And really showing up and really, again, getting out of that comfort zone to, to, to offer the wisdom and the yeah. knowledge to so many people. And so that requires a lot of like professional rigor yeah. and solidity. And that's like, that's my next initiation. I that's love what that. I'm about to learn. Yeah. And recognizing that as a skill set that you can learn and being like, oh, cool. I want to learn this. It's, it's like framed. The question is framed deliberately that way on purpose. Like I want to, there's like you were saying earlier, you're in choice. You know what I mean? You're in full choice about having that boundaries conversation with that friend of yours. Right. It's not that, oh, God, I have to do this because it's like I want to I choose to have this conversation. And it's like, oh, great. I've had all these experiences. I've done so much healing work and deep work. And now I want to lean in to learning a professional, uh, an expanded professional skill set. Oh, love that for you. I'm stoked for you and the world to have more of you. <laughs> all right. Two more questions. And this is sort of a weird question, sometimes hard to answer, but what's like, what's something if, if you have a story that, or something that made you really like, really laugh recently, or what's like, so you can answer it as in what's something that you find really funny, just periods and, or what's something that made you really laugh recently? Oh, yeah. Um, I went to this acceptance retreat and I was spared for a game with a super, super, super cool girl. And the game was that we had to um, blindfold. uh, One was blindfolded. The other one was walking the other around. Okay. And uh, the game was to walk somewhere and position them in <laughs> such a way that when they take out the blindfold, like they have like a, a, a picture that they can look at for a few seconds and you put the blindfold back on. Okay. And, um, she, that friend is very playful and I'm very playful as well. So we ended up like taking each other, like in snow banks, we had like <laughs> snow, like up to our thighs and like eyes closed. And like, she's like, yeah, just don't step over there step here. And you're like, just trying to figure out where you're going. 
<laughs> to be like laid down in the snow and then she's like okay you can open your eyes you can take your blindfold and I've got like this beautiful tree above me and I can do angels in the snow so just uh. like the foolishness of like having snow all over like in my boots and and but going for it and we laughed and we laughed and we laughed and it was so fun oh it's there is delight I say this a lot because I laugh a lot in general when I'm just existing I find a lot funny I think life is comedy in general it's like one of my most core values is this calling to like this hilarity of life and what I've one of the things that I've I've brought from it in this your story perfectly illustrates this is that it's not necessarily that everything is funny. Of course, there's lots of stuff that is not funny. There's lots of stuff that's deeply moving and deeply painful and all this stuff. But when we are immersed in an experience and and when we are and often when we are doing something that is theoretically not allowed or is atypical because like it's not wrong or bad to go and get snow in your boots and be laying on the snow looking up at a tree but who else is is getting out of those bounds right who else so there's delight so like that's where I'm going with this is like it's delightful to be to have the recognition of the possibility that we don't have to live life within the bounds that are societally constructed for us. And like that is just for me brings about all this just it makes me laugh and it makes me feel delighted at life when I'm going, yes, oh, I actually can do this. You know, just recently I posted a video, made one of my funny videos where it was stupid, but my friend and I just, you know, fell down skiing and then we made this joke movie about how cool we are but yet we clearly suck at this thing that we're you know what I mean that's just so delightful to me to to do something that maybe other people wouldn't do or just wouldn't allow themselves to do because of the boundaries put put on them you know, what, you know what I mean yeah I know what you're talking about yeah. you're talking about play and <clears throat> Uh, quickly, I realized that all the experiences that I've done, uh, I've, you know, I labeled them, clustered them, organized them. And, and I realized that like the most life changing, the most meaningful experiences were based uh, on two or three of those three pillars, which are play, introspection and connection. Mm -hmm. And so play is so, so, so important. Oh, so important. It loosens you up. So right? important. Oh, yes. Yeah. All right. Last question. OK, so if you could initiate a positive change in the world, which obviously you're already doing, what would your vision be and why? And so like, it doesn't, you know, have to be like the all in. It saves humanity. It could be something simple as well, something small. Um, but what is something that you believe that would have the pot, the potential, you know, to influence the future of humanity or simply improve the day to day for experience for yourself and others? You know, like sometimes it's simple, sometimes it's big. So it doesn't have to be, you know what I mean? It doesn't have to be, I'm going to save the world, but it can be. 
Yeah, I mean, that's an easy one. That's two steps out, right? <laughs> if, if everybody could like just grab the very simple, easy concept of two steps out and be like, okay, today I'm going to do one experience outside of my comfort zone. I'm going to say no for the first time to someone who's been abusing me. Mm, wow. You know? Yeah. Today I'm going to do something out of my comfort zone. I'm going to uh, call someone I hurt three years ago and ask for forgiveness. Mm -hmm. And if they don't want to talk to me, well, today I'm going to get out of my comfort zone. I'm going to forgive myself. Beautiful. And so if we see everything as a, oh, yes, you know, a choice. I choose to make this experience or I choose to make this an experience of challenge. And you go through your life like this, everybody would be better off. <sighs> We talked a bit about how you can reach out to her, but I wanted to actually hear a little bit more about what people w could be involved in with you if they do reach out to you on twostepsout.com. So tell us more what you're building and what you offer. Absolutely. So I'm offering a program uh, that is basically the Two Steps Out journey. So it's, uh, it's online. Uh, in terms of our gathering, but it's absolutely offline in terms of experiences that uh, that people are going to be called to do. And so, um, as I said earlier, there's like three types of experience, three, uh, three pillars, play, introspection and connection. And I've developed a journey of 10 types of experiences that are based on play, introspection, and connection, that are non-mutually exclusive, that are all encompassing. And so my program is about uh, meeting together, sharing wisdom through stories uh, like I, I just did, and then inviting you and explaining how and, and how to do it, but inviting you to go and do these 10 types of experiences over a certain period of time to get you unstuck from that rut, from where you are, from how small you may feel and get you into openness and expansion so that you can try to figure out, you know, what, what is what is my contribution? How can I be a better leader? Mm. How can I contribute to the world? How can I learn empathy? How can I build resilience? How can I face my fears? Yeah. So that's the whole. It do do people need program. to live in Montreal to do this? No, it's online. Okay, cool. Awesome. It's online. So wherever you are, if you want to uh, jump into the program, uh, we'll, we're all going to do this together and meet and share. Yeah. And then I can help you with, you know, how to how to go past and those they, blocks. And they reach out to twostepsout.com and sign up on the email list? Uh, yeah, twostepsout.com slash lab. Slash lab, L-A-B. Slash lab, Cool. Yes. How can people find you and how can people, if people want to connect with you, what are they, what are they going to do? Uh, on Facebook, uh, you can look for Two Steps Out uh, or you can search for my name, Joelle Parent. And uh, you can go to twostepsout.com as well. That's my website. Girl, thank you so much for being here, for being you, for sharing everything that you've shared today. I feel like Today's, oh God, so many beautiful stories and so much actionable, practical takeaways too for people. And I just, I just acknowledge you for being the example you are. Like I said earlier, it is 
absolutely, in my experience, making a difference. And I'm just so thrilled that you were willing to come and share with our community. And I just thank you so, so much. And I love you so much. Is there anything else that you want to say before we close? Um, thank you so much from the bottom of my heart, really. And as surprises and synchronicities happen, all of this is happening at a perfect timing for me. As you know, I'm like in my struggles. Mm -hmm. uh, it's like it's really, really helping me to open up and to remember, you know, where I come from and to remember what's my mission. So I deeply, deeply appreciate it and our connection and the love um, thank you so much yes the love that is it for everyone listening we love you as well and thank you so much for being here <laughs>